Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brutes, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me as always is Erica and Matt. Yeah! Booyah. Erica's here again. Again. Again, again. How's wine season? Oh, it's crazy. I'm drowning. When is it it over? (laughs) It's never over. Uh, Never. Definitely uh, October, end of October. What's the most popular grape this season? Hmm. Hard to say. Sangiovese is always really popular. Oh, the Italian mm. table y- drinking yes, wine. Yes, yes. Um, my favorite. I know nothing Zinfandel. about Zinfandel. Mm. Yeah, just a lot of... Sangiovese. Just I just thought there was green ones and red ones. <laughs> like grapes? Yeah. Well, they are, there are. Have you ever had there the cotton... green ones and red ones. Have you ever had the cotton candy grapes? Nope. They taste like cotton candy after the first two, and then the, the rest candy? tastes like garbage, I think. What are these? You've never had cotton... Oh, we're going to talk about this off air, but if any of our listeners had cotton candy grapes, they know if you know, you know. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Kinda, I, I don't, we don't know. Kind of like <laughs> uh, kind of like the opposite of our guests this week. Are they real week. grapes? Sorry. Yeah, they're real, okay. oh, they're real okay. grapes. Um, because most people know about this brewery. It's not like an if you know, you know. I would say most people know about this if you brewery. you don't know, then like you're, you're under a rock, I guess, or you... Or you just aren't a craft beer person, right? Like, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what I meant. I guess if, I you're, mean, if you're in the craft beer world, you, yes. you know about this brewery. Yes, I would I think so. We would, we, we would think so. Yeah. That doesn't mean if you don't, we still it's love you. It's so cool. We still love you. It's Love you even more, even. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, love you a long time. Yeah. Who is <laughs> in this episode? Who do we have this week, Erica? We have Trillium. That's right. We talked to JC and Esther from Trillium, yeah. which has been a long time coming. Yeah. We kind of talked in the outro of last week's that we were saying, like, it's not that we didn't want to do this episode. We just didn't cross path. Yeah. Correct. And now we did. And, and now we did. For a magnificent episode. Seriously. Of it, epic proportion. Are you, are you purposely pronouncing everything wrong? I think so. Okay. I've noticed this, right? I, I, yeah. Maybe I just don't know words. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I've had a couple beers, so. Just a couple. Words are difficult. Words are hard. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm very excited for this episode of Trillium because we learned a lot. And I think people know a lot about Trillium, but I don't think they know everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that everyone necessarily knows their story or like about their owners and, you yeah. know. So what I they think, stand for. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I knew they were like a good company per se, but like. I didn't know they were this good. Yeah. Talking to them, it's like, Wow. Good people. Good people. Great people. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it was cool because we, Ryan and I have a mutual friend and you know him who works there as well. And he's I been know there him, for yeah. a while. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, people who work there stay there for a while and it's a, it's a good company. So, uh. And the new space is, uh, beautiful. Oh yeah. Just it is. It has I, everything. They have a pizza oven. Yeah. They have a smoker. A it's massive like, patio. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing kitchen. Yeah. And we got a sneak peek of their Oktoberfest signs, and they're now like mm, on so social media. So people have already seen them, but they're gorgeous. Like, I am nice. a sucker for these friggin' Oktoberfest signs. Like, I have too many, way too many. I and I'm going to continue to collect them. <laughs> See, I, I brought home my last one. Yeah, I got yelled at. Oh, Ryan. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, that's the last thing you need is another fucking stein. Yeah. Well, like, too bad. Well, how can our listeners help us get more steins or maybe even like a cupboard for Ryan Steins? Oh, I know. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash brews podcast. Yeah. Hashtag support Ryan Stein addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, no, but yeah, we want to get episodes like Trillium or like our guest Lops last week. And uh, the only way we're able to do that is amazing support by our friends and sponsors out there in podcast land and beyond. So continue to do so. Tell your friends, tell your family if you like what we're doing. And if you don't, send us a message. We want to improve. 
Yeah, buddy. So, let's take it away to this episode, Sound Guy Ryan. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. So our listeners have requested this episode probably more than any other brewery. Once or twice. <laughs> Definitely more than once <laughs> or twice. So when we put out those Instagram polls and people put this brewery, we working on we were working on it. I mean, it's not like they were saying like no to us. It was we're passing ships, right? Everyone's busy. Exactly. Erica, where are we today? We're at Trillium, specifically in Canton. Beautiful location. Yes. Yes. Kind of brand new. It's exciting. Yeah. We're going to get into that. But uh, thank you for doing this. So we're here with JC and Esther. What's Woo-hoo. going on? Um, and you know them as the owners of Trillium, which uh, you're a popular brewery. People have heard about you, not just in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, and we're going to get into what you're doing right. But um, before we start that, what are your roles at the brewery and your first memory of beer? So we have been open eight years now, but working on Trillium for 10 years together. And I think it's mostly been just recently, actually, the last couple of years where we've had a fairly good separation of responsibility, kind of focusing on each of our strengths. Um, My background is in business. I have an MBA and I went to business school and I've started businesses before. It was kind of like what jumped us into starting Trillium. So I focus on that area, all of the administrative and legal and finance and HR and kind of oversee all of the operational elements of running a business, whereas JC... Yeah, I, I, you know, certainly was the kind of the idea behind the beer uh, and kind of the driving passion behind uh, brewing to start. Uh, My background is in project management and research, uh, clinical research, so... Uh, it, it really worked really well with the idea of how do we how do we use continuous process improvement? How do we uh, ask a question um, by writing a recipe with an idea of what I hope it will eventually turn out to be? Um, and you know, I, I had a lot of skills from before that helped me to kind of help us to to really uh, bring Trillium into existence and kind of troubleshoot because opening a brewery is a million different disciplines. It's not <laughs> only quote unquote only brewing to say only brewing. It's this, it's kind of silly because brewing is in itself is this massive, massive, uh, world of, uh, of history and culture and technique and engineering. And it's all of those things just in and of itself, but now fold into all the, some of the other disciplines that Esther had mentioned. It was, it was very intense in those in those early days. So now, with with the team the size that we that we have, um, and the different type of um, uh, locations and how we operate, uh, I'm able to better focus more on the, the kind of the founding vision and and focus on um, the beer. JC is the perfect balance of being both super creative and passionate, but also very detail oriented, process oriented. It helps to make everything happen. That is really like great balance for yeah. brewing <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I think yeah. with uh and, and before we get into the first memory of beer i think that's important in, in beer i mm. think there are over 200 breweries in massachusetts oh um, definitely yeah. and there are some very consistent breweries and then there's some that are not consistent and i don't think anyone's going to come at us and say that they disagree wholeheartedly um you are one of the most consistent breweries that we've had you know what you're getting from beer to beer and it's yeah. always going to be good so uh all right i'm, I'm curious first memory of beer though <laughs> That's so hard because I think that my first memories are obviously like crap beer before like I knew what craft beer was, right? Like you go to college and you just get the cheapest case that you can afford. Yeah. Yeah. 
So grind your were, quarters together and get on. Yeah. Yes, yeah. my roommate and I, my softball teammate and my college roommate, we would go and get like. 24 you know a 24 pack of like the cheapest beer that we could afford and that was our beer for the night and like how crazy is that that two college girls are like oh yeah let's get our case to bring around with us for the night uh jc has a very different story though what your college your college beer well no i mean my college beer was guinness and everybody would make fun of me for spending a a ridiculous (laughs) amount of money on only four beers would you get the nitro one yeah the pub cans yeah uh, it's certainly not my first memory of beer. Yeah. It was, you know, whatever the, you know, the bullshit keg that people would get and the ice house and like, you know, that, that garbage. Oh but God, yeah, ice yeah, house. Yeah. I just think it tastes <laughs> like pencils now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ice house. Big fans, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, I really appreciated the, the kind of the depth of flavor and, you know, I wasn't out to get hammered drunk. Like all, you know, I had, I'd practice like I was. Morning, yeah, right. Yeah, like this, <laughs> right. girl, like this girl over here. So, um, you know, I'd be slowly drinking my Guinness over the course of however many hours. And yeah, I was, I was kind of the first one to go home and I had track practice in the morning. Yeah. Did we you? would not have gotten together in college. Yeah, right. oh, I was going to ask, so you didn't meet in college. <laughs> no, 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 we did no. not. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so let's talk about this. You went into research, you went into business. Um, what made you say, like, I do not want to be in this career any longer. Um, I want to start a brewery. In 2011, right? Like, that's crazy, right? Kind of. I mean, we yeah. started technically. So we got married in 2009 and okay. came up with the idea of Trillium in, I guess, 2008. We were planning to brew all the beer for our wedding. JC had gotten into that's home cool. brewing. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. So as we have a tendency to do, we go all in to the things that we're doing. <laughs> yes. Not just like a little bit, but full circle, big picture. Like Can't how, dip your toe. How many yeah. layers can we add on to this? Yeah. So we brewed three beers for our wedding, not just one beer, and came up with the idea and the concept of Trillium along the way because we were like, oh, let's let's just imagine what this could be, like what this lifestyle Just for fun. Be. Just for yeah. fun. Yeah. And, we started, I had a blog for our wedding planning so I could share that with family and friends. And JC started the his first Trillium blog just for homebrewing. And, um, you know, we, like our buddy Kevin, who was one of our groomsmen, he is still the kind of creative brilliance behind all of our labels and our branding and the visual representation of like what you see That's when awesome. you think of Trillium. He's been able to start his own company called Fair Folk. They're awesome. And so we just like... I don't know. We just kind of got started and started sharing it and then thought this could be something that we do together. So the way I like, I like to yeah. tell the story of how Trillium came to be, uh, you know, I had, I had worked in, in, in research and kind of worked for big companies. Um, and that, and that's the kind of the path that my parents did, you know, kind of let me know that was, that was yeah. the idea for success. You yeah. know, you go to school. American dream. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, you go to school, you get, um, you know, a quote unquote professional job at an office and, you know, make sure you're, you know, you don't do labor in that, you know, those kinds of ideas, uh, get a 401k and then start to climb the career ladder, uh, get married, have kids, uh, Pick and a then, fence, yeah. All yeah, that stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all, then eventually yards. cash in your 401k and then die. You know, <laughs> that, that's the goal. Yeah. Solid. Um, so it was on that track and it was very interesting because I did a lot of clinical research and, you know, it was, 
you know, helping people along the way, working on oncology and um, diabetes and obesity. And it was, you know, very important research to be done, um, but it never felt super fulfilling. But I didn't, never really knew that there was another potential path necessarily. Um, didn't really have any other examples. And then I met Esther and um, she didn't have that constraint around her. She had lived her life in a way that um, was kind of, you know, the person that would jump off the cliff, at least from a career professional standpoint. Oh, I literally did that. It was yeah. very scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very, it was, you know, kind of like an impossible thing. I can't imagine going from here to, the, I wouldn't even know what the first step would be. So, um, uh, fell in love with Esther and kind of just observed her courage in, in that way. And, uh, kind of wanted to live some, some of that for myself and didn't feel like I would be my full self unless I did kind of, uh, take that leap necessarily. So, um, I always kind of credit Esther for the existence of Trillium much more so than I could have ever come up with on my own. That's, that's so nice, buddy. That's not, yeah, seriously, this, this, this would not be here if, if it was only me, I would still be homebrewing probably. Brutes now tells love stories. Uh, seriously, oh, yes, that's our new segue. It's very romantic. No, it's I, I could tell. I love that, it. That's, I, I could tell that you guys were sounds... a unit because, like, you, I saw you guys still hugging, like over there. I was like, oh, they, they love each other. They're hugging Aww, still. Like, you know, it's do. like you it's work together. Life. Yeah. Um, how is it working together with your significant other? Is es- that... Esther always says it's eighty percent great. Okay. You're like, you're like, oh, it's awesome. Great. And I'm like, it's 80 20. I mean, like, yeah. it's mostly great. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's so cool. Like, we get to do stuff like this together and we have lunch together. And I mean, it's really great. Like, it's really cool. But then there's the whole, you know, Trillium and Tatro becomes our entire lives and there's no turning it off. And we find ourselves out to dinner and like on a rare opportunity because we've got two kids and we just got a dog, which might have been dumb, but like, <laughs> No, never go. Why not, right? (laughs) So we find ourselves out on a rare date night, and we're talking about work. And then we'll have to be like, oh, no, wait, let's stop stop it. Like, we have other stuff to talk about. And then four minutes later, we're back to talking about work. So, (laughs) you know, it all kind of bleeds together. Yeah. Is work work? No, it's, 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 this is the reason why we end up talking about what, what is quote unquote work, uh, even in the off hours, if you want to call it that. It's life. Like it's, our it's work a, is literally our life. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's who we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's what we get excited and passionate about. Um, so that's why we ended up kind of talking about, um, either what we're doing now, how it could be better or future ideas and dreams. And you yeah. know, what, what's, what's this going to be like, you know, it's just, Fun to think about those things. Yeah. So I would, talking yeah. about it. I always kind of think about like what are some of the professional challenges that make it like work? Like it really mm. is our job. This is what we do for a living. And so we're always kind of looking for the professional development within it as well. Like what can we learn? What can we apply? What can we share? And so that helps make it feel because also like I like having a job. Like I I <laughs> yeah. this is what we actually want to do for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, if you love what you do, it's not work. But yeah. like it is. Yeah, it and is. and that's okay. Like it should be work. You should be pursuing something. You should be like applying yourself to something and and I'm okay with that. And so it does also make it necessary to like try and shut off sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Um so kind of to sidetrack, where did Trillium and your logo come from? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a giant uh sort of uh botany agricultural nerd as well and Trillium's this in, in, for whatever reason, uh, you know, I used to flip through all the the books that um, I had and my mom had, uh, botany stuff, landscaping things, uh, as a kid, you know, 
eight, nine, ten years old. That was what like, a cool kid. I'd, yeah. I'd look to the <laughs> bookshelf, and that's what I'd be looking through. So, um, for whatever reason, the the uh, Native North American woodland flower trillium always stuck out to me as being a very unique, incredible thing. Not that we had some in, in our backyard. I never saw them in person, but um, it's it's incredible uh, range of uh, of beauty and there's different forms and it's uh incredible symmetry and balance um in this very kind of uh slow um slow life cycle for uh, uh woodland wildflowers very interesting it's, it takes seven years uh from the time the seed germinates till it flowers for the first wow. time so um it's very uh strong but also fragile in this in the same sense it's it's very much a part of its environment so I don't know. It's just, uh, cool. and, the, and the word <laughs> itself has this kind of um, familiarity to it. Yeah. Uh, and this really cool, the word has balance as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It Strong. sounds really nice when you say it. Yeah. Trillium. And it sounds familiar. Like I've heard of yeah. that, but you have no idea what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I came home one day, like in our early, early, early days into our, you know, the condo we were living in together. And I saw, it was really like talking about romance, like the high school notebook that you write your like JC and Esther. I yeah. love, you know, Forever. I love yeah. Esther. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what was written there. It was Trillium, Trillium Brewing Company, Trillium Brewing. And I was like, what's Trillium? Like, what is that? He's like, oh, that's going to be the name of our brewery. And I'm like, but what's a trillium? Like yeah. I didn't yeah. know, yeah. but I am a person. Um, I have this fixation, like this problem. I, it's definitely a problem <laughs> where I like everything to be linear. I like straight lines. I like balance. I like yeah. symmetry. And so it looked really beautiful to me. Like I can see when something is, I just said it to somebody. I can see when something's like a degree off or just like a millimeter yeah. off You and balance. my dad would get along. So oh my God, it makes yeah. me want to vomit. Like I can't handle it. Do you do this kind of thing with your hands and like try to balance? No, I can so, just no, see it. Just like see I it. can just yeah. see it and I have to fix it or I have to leave. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. All right, so before we step in the time machine and talk about like 2015 and 2016, you know, oh the years of bombers and 22 ounce. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! local homebrew shop beer and wine hobby you can get everything you need to make beer wine cider cheese and more not sure where to start they have knowledgeable staff there to help beer and wine hobby is family owned and located in danvers massachusetts visit their website beer-wine.com and use our promo code brutes for 10 percent off your online order today Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts.
So we said we were going to the time machine. Your first location was in Boston, right? Yeah. yeah. At the Fort Point. Fort Point. Yep. So I remember going there, very small location, waiting in line. Little closet. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you loved it. <laughs> listen, when you have other options to go to, I'm just going to be honest with you, the Fenway location and this location, more yes. convenient to get to. Sometimes parking's yes. a little bit better. Heard. But, yes. yes. <laughs> listen, I'm not the first person to say that, okay? <laughs> um, but fell in love with the brand at that point because you could go there, you'd wait in line, you're talking with other people who know nothing about beer or they think they know a ton about beer and like, this is the best beer in the world. And then you actually have it, really good beer. Fast forward to 2021. I don't think you guys still sell bombers, do you? There's a, there's a few beers that we still have in inventory that are the uh, the 750 mil yeah. glass. Yeah, that's funny. And yeah. then your profiles changed quite a bit from the beers that you're brewing, right? I mean, I remember. I mean, I still can get amazing world class saisons here. Uh, some spontaneous fermentation beers that you have that I was so excited to get. Um, but we see a lot of IPAs, double IPAs coming from you. Um, is that, to, is that the style of beer that you enjoy to brew or is that? Yeah. So, uh, as a, and I still feel like a, I, Esther gets annoyed when I say, I feel, still feel like a home brewer. And, and I, I, that's how I started. And it's kind of how I still think about beer. I think about how it's made the ingredients. And, um, I love the entire portfolio of everything that it is possibly related to beer. So when somebody asks me, well, what's your favorite style of beer? It's like, I, 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 I honestly don't have one. Like I really, picking your favorite kid. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, right. I, I, re, I love it all. If you, if you love music, whatever it might be, and I, some people maybe have a favorite genre, you know, but if you're really a lover of music, you kind of love it all. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, our original portfolio was a pale ale, yep. uh, a... Uh, red rye saison, an oatmeal porter, and uh, a farmhouse beer, sort of, sort of like a, an American saison. Yeah. Um, and kind of, our <laughs> it sounds so silly and so antiquated that at this at this time that that was going to be sort of our those would be our core offerings, and we would do an, mm. an, an anniversary beer, maybe some seasonals, and if we were able to do that consistently, that would be as as big as we could possibly imagine, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I think the, the, uh, the Congress street location, our original little broom closet of a retail shop, it was so, it was so small and you're so close and you could see what people were really excited about. And, um, we, we've always been very flexible. We've always been, um, wanting to and willing to, uh, recognize that if, we were making beer for ourselves. Well, then I, I should just keep homebrewing. But we were we're making beer for our customers, and, and you can only get married like once, really, right? <laughs> so the same person, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. So like, yeah. So the idea of hospitality and wanting to do what uh, uh, what people want us to do is a very important thing. So obviously that skews very heavily towards hoppy beers right now. So our portfolio skews to those things. Uh, we have built the infrastructure, and pre-COVID times, we were really um, getting into that full range of uh, beer styles, uh, classic beer styles from around the world, as well as uh, kind of new modern interpretations of them. So, um, you know, this this was a major speed bump to kind of really narrowing our portfolio down uh, as of late, uh, really last year and a half, two years even. Um, but I'm very excited to say that we're going to be getting back to that 
much broader range that reflects that that kind of that very broad range of customers that we not only currently have but also want to encourage to come uh, visit us and understand the full spectrum of what Trillium's hospitality has to offer. That's one of the things that I certainly have loved about you guys. You do serve a full range of beers. Mm-hmm. Like there, I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, we have a beer for everyone," but you guys really do. You have the yeah. sours, you have the farmhouse, you have the IP, you have a porter, or whatever, mm. you know? Yeah, mm. see, I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to almost challenge to say it's kind of funny to hear that now because I see such a wide range on our menu yeah. when That's I look yeah. at it now that yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, we do. So just like you said, Eric, right. I like so much more than just hoppy beers. And so um, I'm sure it was, you know, pre-COVID, but there was one point where I was looking at our menu draft list in Fort Point. Yeah. And there were 24 different styles yeah. of beer, like let alone different <laughs> beers within the same genre or category, like 24 different styles. And I was so excited and proud to yeah. kind of see that because it reflects the creativity that our team has and kind of that passion for learning and experimentation. And that's what we want to be able to provide, not just for our customers, but like for our team right. who's mm. super inspired by, you know, Brewing new things, trying yeah. new experiences. And it's not just 24 different styles. 24 different styles done really well. Yeah, you know, yeah. so many brewers, like, they do, you know, 10 different styles, but their good ones are really just two or three. You yeah. know, you guys are really killing it all across the board. Yeah, we Thank see you. breweries all the time that yeah. are like, we brewed 400 different beers in a year. And I was like, wait, what? Why did you, <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> what, what didn't catch, you know? Um, when did you realize that Congress Street was just not going to be enough almost first day yeah, we I mean, opened. Yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> before before we opened really yeah. sort of looking around saying oh my god there's like no room to breathe in here lowest hanging pipe was eight and a half feet it, yeah. was, oh, it was we had no idea we didn't know what we were doing no, no. when we yeah. started no. yeah but, i mean we're still learning but it was <laughs> yeah we, we still barely know what we're doing yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's um it's that jumping off not really know what you're doing um but you kind of have to crack through the inertia with the resources that you have. You know, we, there was no bank loan to be had at that time. No. Um, yeah, they're like, you want to start a brewery? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. We had no Yeah, what's your experience? Like, yeah, right. I have none. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like you're not going to get a loan then. Solid plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, right. If your name wasn't like Jim Cook in like yeah. <laughs> 2011. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we, you know, we took, our, we took our life savings. We just jumped off the cliff and it was not nearly. See, the 401k paid off. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just yeah. our life. Like yeah. all of our money and yeah. every paycheck. We kept our jobs, like oh, yeah. our other jobs right. yeah. for right. over a year. Actually, it took us two over two years to actually get open. Had two kids in that time frame as well. Yeah. And then. Why not? Because why not? Yeah. Like, no okay, dog, we're going to start. Yeah. No dog. Yeah, 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 we waited yeah. a while for the dog. <laughs> but like over two years to get open, all of our money, all of our bills going to pay for like our mortgage, our kids, and this brewery that doesn't exist yet. So we had to keep our jobs for, JC kept his for a little over a year after opening, and I had my business for over two while, like... So, like, having kids and a dog was, like, nothing after that. Like, we are like, yeah, we can do this and we'll open a brewery. We can do anything. We can do anything. Yeah. yeah, but, like, we knew... I mean, we ran out of beer the first week we were open, wow. and that was so stressful. Like... Yeah. super stressful and so you talk about like waiting in line with people like that stressed us out yeah. Yeah. so going from congress street to here where we're sitting in canton we were like i don't want to wait on i mean a little bit now there's still so much more that we want to do here but it still feels like go 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 to like create a better experience for people to be able to like provide mm-hmm. that hospitality jc reference and just kind of like the quality and yeah. and yeah. And just the awesome feeling that you want to have when you go to a brewery. So I'm going to commend you. I think that you and Notch were the most 
conscious during the COVID time and made us, I know that we went here after a different interview and made us feel probably the most comfortable Thank at, the, you. at this brewery. Uh, you guys did really great precautions with your mobile to go. Uh, I think it was awesome to see that you guys kind of not pioneered it, but I mean, there was other breweries that did it, but you kind of led the example. Mm. I think you and Notch did an excellent job in that. And it was really cool. Cool. Thank see. you. Thank you. That feels good. Good. Yeah. Uh, so Canton, you, you realized <laughs> that like Congress Street was like, I can't do this. Yeah. So yeah. Why Canton? Yeah. Canton. Um, we, I probably spent an inordinate amount of time trying like hell to find a, a space in Boston that we could open a production brewery. You and a million other people. Oh my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was looking at these just completely awful spaces that cost three and four times as much as out here. And I just kind of had to give it up. You know, it was like, Oh, that's great. We opened in Fort point, um, on Congress street. It, it, it was such an important part of our identity. A lot of our beers are named after the yeah, street. Congress street. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. like, you know, <laughs> so, um, to kind of feel like we had to give up that idea. Um, I kind of had to let that bit of pride go, um, because I knew for what, what, what made sense for, um, for Trillium, for our customers, um, and for our team members was to find a space that we could, the business could afford that could allow for us to grow, um, to make enough beer with the right equipment, uh, and package it in a way so that it wasn't just, you know, limit one bottle and, you know, 32 ounce growler feeling like all that ridiculousness from the early days. Um, so we kind of had to give up that bit of pride into, into kind of, uh, come out to Canton. Canton was and is still very friendly uh, for us, and um, we love being here. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like at first you probably wanted to identify as a Boston brewery, right? You wanted to be like, we're the city brewery. Yeah. Now I can't even envision. I know that you're at Fenway, right? Like, and that's that's great. That's a great location, but it's like I think of Canton. I think of you know the yeah, beer that you're of, you're producing. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. This is the des- this has yeah. become the destination now, and it's funny to see. You know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on and have actively worked towards is being a like totally warm and welcoming, inclusive environment for everyone, anyone and everyone. So for our team and then for our customers, like everybody should feel comfortable here and be able to come have an experience that fits, that suits what they're looking for at that moment in time, whether it's like the date night or going out with their kids to have a drink and a beer while yep. like you let your toddler, you know. Run around, <laughs> kind of yeah. run around yeah. a little yeah. bit, yeah. or yeah. you know, like having a password, whatever it is. Like we want people to be able to share those experiences in our spaces. Mm-hmm. When you, what year did you guys open fully in Can? Like for 2015. Yeah, December 2015. So in 2015, I mean, I think there was like 40 breweries in Massachusetts, not a lot, and not a lot doing hospitality on this. Mm. On, the, on this, so who did you look for, look to for those models or? Did you kind of just say, like, jump off the cliff and we're going to do it this way? You know, like, this is what we know and we like. We had some places that we felt comfortable going to that kind of inspired us, like, either from the menu or their approach to hospitality or being a neighborhood place. And um, so there were a few places that were our go-tos that we were like, oh, I, you know, I want people to walk in here and, like, come in for their Thursday night dinner and, like, our staff knows them and they know us. And there was actually, I mean, I guess like we're going to share, we can share some names, right? Of places. Of course. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> shout them out. We, yeah, shout them out. So, um, you know, we got married and lived in Brookline, um, originally. And so like the public house in, yeah. uh, Washington square mm-hmm. was one of our go-to yep. places. And actually it's really funny because when we opened, it was our 
soft opening in Canton at Shawmet, like our original location. And we had a babysitter for our kids. So both JC and I could be here. But David, the owner, was at our event at the event oh, that's nice. and um my babysitter texted me at one point and she was like oh my god I'm locked out of the house like I forgot my keys I was outside at the park with the kids and like I can't get back in and I was like oh shit and like just go walk to the public house for dinner and we'll take care of it later but they so my kids walk in and they go sit down at their regular table and the servers there all knew them and they were like okay Luke's getting chicken nuggets and Elena's getting mac and cheese and we'll like settle it up later but it was like that type of vibe that we wanted to be able to have yeah that's awesome so that location, obviously, it's do you, you're still are you still brewing at that location or? Yeah, we yes. we've got our, our lease there through um, early 2024. Yeah, so oh, okay. um, we've got to kind of right? nope. Mm. <laughs> it's much sooner. Um, so uh, we, we are and will continue to produce there through the through the end of the lease and go through a transition period where we'll bring all production and the team and quality uh, packaging warehousing. Um, under this roof, uh, which we're really, really looking forward to that. Um, but as you are all aware, things in beer change dramatically. At the drop of hat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it could be changed by the time this episode right. releases. So. so to take the this this interval of time to make sure that um, the, uh, the Forever Home Production Brewery is truly going to be forever, um, we feel lucky in that we do have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of runway to, to kind of make that plan of that transition. Yeah. Absolutely. And now you also have a farm. Yeah. 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 That was the dream originally. We actually literally had a friend draw a concept. She's an architect, and she drew out our dream farmhouse brewery that we had, in our minds, located on this beautiful site in Stonington, Connecticut, which is right down the street from the vineyard where we were married, Saltwater Farm. And so we always envision this like beautiful and now definitely too small (laughs) brewery on this like little slope with these stone walls and it was so beautiful and now here we are however many years later and and we showed that to people and they were like uh yeah that's crazy expensive right and we're like what do you mean no we didn't didn't know and so now our farm is actually um the next town over in north stonington just like 15 minutes from there um and it's still probably too small but (laughs) Whatever. We're, you know, yeah. we're making it work. Exactly. It was, that was the founding idea for what Trillium was to be, uh, our modern New England farmhouse brewery. Uh, and it's it's taken till now to even to start to be able to realize that concept through the beers, tr- truthfully, um, with estate-grown ingredients, uh, local grain, and, uh, you know, fermenting microbes. That I'm so like proud of your New first England. beer from our farm. Thank you very much. Talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we we made um, a, co- a collaboration project uh, with with Kent Falls um, last year called called Grain Shed. Um, uh, Barry uh, from Kent Falls and I am some of the founding members of the Northeast Grain Shed Alliance, um, which is to help to encourage and uh, raise the visibility of the importance of the local supply chain, particularly as it as it pertains to. Um, uh, grains for 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 beer for food um, spirits that that sort of thing um, so we uh, we grew our first sort of little pilot plot of heirloom corn uh, at our farm last year and it included that as a portion of the grist for that uh, for that corn lager so um, I think to kind of to to use that intentionality behind that first beer and to 
and to actually include others in it as well, because Trillium doesn't exist unto itself. It's it's really a part of a larger um, local ecosystem. Um, and, and if we're going to be successful um, in what we set out to do and share with our with our customers and our team, um, we need to be inclusive in that way. So that's one of the reasons to not sort of you know stand on stand on the stand on the chair and kind of say yay for us. Yeah. We did this. This uh, this was more of a statement to say. Um, we uh, yes, we're proud that we, we've done this, but we want to kind of wrap our arms around the community and and um, and champion others that are also doing it as well. Um, yeah, yeah, sharing good practice, like especially as it relates to things that are really important to us, like in you know environmental sustainability or regeneration, which is what's so necessary right now. Yeah. Um, those are core to our mission, but it doesn't benefit us to just like do it ourselves like it has to spread we have to be able to share those learnings or bring other people into the fold for it to really be impactful and so for things that are kind of really important to us like any of our um kind of extra missions like that like agriculture and and food health you know like healthy food systems and um you know some of the family support stuff that we do it really is it has to be a community effort um and so we're you know, excited and proud to share those with other collaborators and other like-minded people and just kind of yeah. expand. So that's why you guys don't collab with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. No. Um, so we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors and then we're going to get back into some beers that are on tap right now at Trillium and what maybe is in store for the future. Take it away, Sound Guy Ryan. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. So core brands, uh, what is the year-round beer that you always have on tap and, and the beers that you're known for? Oh, well, we don't have <laughs> anything always on tap anymore. And it's something that we, you know, like JC said before, we kind of talk about that all the time because there are some things that, especially if you're, you know, if you're excited to make your one trip to Trillium, like you're coming from wherever, Ontario or yeah. Seattle, like we see, it's so cool to see these cars, like license plates in the parking lot um, or hear stories, see people with their suitcases in Fort Point And they're like, oh, I'm so excited. I have people from the UK that like DM me all the time being like, I'm coming this weekend. Are you going to be there? Um, you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I have kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that sometimes people might be disappointed. They're like, oh, my God, I want to have double dry hopped Congress Street, like, fresh, fresh at sure. the source. And that is what I'm expecting to have. And then we don't have it. Like, that can be a bummer. But we want to be able to introduce people to other things. And I think that's one thing that our, 
our team is really passionate about and excited about and they do such a great job of, of like, no, we don't have that. But if you like that, then you should definitely try this. So beer education for your staff is huge. Yeah. What's uh, what's that look like for your staff? I mean, when somebody is brought on as as a a beer tender, right? Is that something? Yeah, do you have like education every week? We do a lot of education at Trillium because we love it. (laughs) So um, we have a full two-week orientation whenever anybody starts to get introduced to not just the knowledge base for their role. Because, like, again, you know, it's so much more than if you're a bartender, you're part of. It's an ecosystem. It's a whole ecosystem here. And so we're looking for a better word for that. But (laughs) it really is true. And so, you know, part of your team is the team that makes that beer in Canton, but also deliver that beer to you. And then there's a whole team that, like, pays your checks and makes sure that your benefits are, you know, in place. So, like, we have such a broad team that we want everybody to be aware of. So that two-week orientation period introduces everyone to everything and every job that we have here so that way you have an appreciation for the broader team as a whole but then because we do so much experimentation um yeah like our chefs and we try and get our brewers or um, our head brewer to come and talk about the new items that we're offering like whether it's a new menu item on the food menu or our new beers we talk about like what they're similar to and where the ingredients came from the partnerships that we have with them and and so every shift there is an education component to it yeah yeah definitely important i think that's what sets good breweries from great breweries you know it's like having that education for the staff i'm always curious feedback you your beers are some of the most checked in beers (laughs) on untapped probably yeah um (laughs) some of the most shared beers across the country for better or worse right because you cannot control the beer that's getting shipped through ups and stresses me out definitely i can appreciate that um where do you solicit feedback the most for your beers? Well, we, we have uh, a multidisciplinary feedback process uh, from our team. Um, it's, not, it's not only the brewers who are making the beer, develop the concept, um, who are assessing the, the quality of the beer. And we use, um, uh, we use a software platform called DraftLab Pro, um, which is specifically designed to, to kind of... Uh, uh, develop a database around the intention for a beer, um, the measurable parameters, and uh, it, it, nerdy stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it's like how do you how do you capture quickly and easily and consistently feedback from a diverse uh, range of folks w- within within the team um, in a way that doesn't have you know, I'm, I, not that this would happen, but it's it's not like sitting in a room with JC with his hands on the hips, saying, staring you in the <laughs> eyes, saying, "What do you think of my beer?" Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it gives people a chance to have honest feedback around what their perception is, and this we have a sensory uh, kind of profile training um, system as well. So it's not just um, do I like it, because everybody everybody does have different uh, sensitivities For to sure. different. Um, flavor profiles and off flavor profiles yeah. as well. So, um, I'm I'm the one on the team that is very good at detecting a chemical compound called THB. Uh, it's an off flavor yep. in in mixed fermentation beers. And what's that off flavor similar to for our listeners who don't know? Uh, so some people call it like mousy, yeah, which That's is like Cheerios, musky, kinda, right? right? Yeah, like Cheerios mousy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a I, there's nothing else to me that tastes yeah. and, and tastes like THB. It's its own thing. So, but anyway, so that's a descriptor. So we've got super tasters for certain off flavors, or um, people are very sensitive to things um, that would be considered to be a positive thing as well. Yeah. So, um, 
only in the collective are we able to kind of harness that through the draft lab pro software that allow us to kind of make forward progress. And, um, and if we think about the sustain sustainability of Trillium, it can't and shouldn't rely on a singular person. It should, um, um, the power is really in the collective of the team. So that's, that's a mechanism by which we've kind of really developed and we continue to grow over time. I'm the worst in sensory. Our, um, director of quality and innovation. He is, <laughs> Burke is so great. He is like super science guy and he tries to lead this like really clean sensory experience and all no talking. Yeah. No, no, talk. Talk. no right. talking. Like literally like our lab actually is a, in, in the sensory room, it's a white room. Oh my God. I love it. It's, oh my God. It's like it's, Apple. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll walk in and be like, Oh, this tastes like garbage. What's next? And he's like, no, no, that's not how this works. Like, I love it. Yeah. That's great. Um, we, we talked with uh, Firewalker's sensory team um, in a previous interview, and they mentioned that it's difficult to go out and dry other people's beers because you're so sensitive to those off flavors. Do you find that the same way? Um, yes. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so I, everybody's got their personal preferences. I would actually say it's a lot easier to enjoy other people's beers because it's I don't exactly know Do what their intentions it? were yeah. behind it, right? So if I've got... I've got a very specific goal in mind when we design a beer, and if it doesn't hit exactly that, which it almost never does, right. then I'm not happy with it. Um, but if I drink somebody else's beers, I, like that whole that whole expectation for what it's going to be is not necessarily there, and I'm able to just enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, you know, if there's significant off flavors in there, then of course that's kind of yelling at it. But uh, yelling at, but I, I, you know. I generally have a good expectation for the beer that I'm about to enjoy, like the kind of brewery that makes it. And, you know, people say there's a lot of bad beer out there, but man, there's a ton of incredibly Definitely. Good, good beer out there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I think maybe I'm, I'm able to kind of preferentially choose the beers that I drink when, I'm, when it's not Trillium uh, and not really have a lot of negative experiences. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that there's some beers that you're not you didn't execute on or you didn't, it didn't, you know, fill all the boxes. For, sure. For, um, yeah. Is there a beer that you're like a hundred percent, like this is the most perfect beer I've ever brewed? Or, <laughs> like what's the most, that's the beer that you're most proud of. Oh my God. I don't know. We've ever said anything perfect ever. Yeah. To well, anything. maybe not perfect, but yeah. most, proud of. most yeah. proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could, I don't know. I could name so many. You I know. Could, I know. So it's, it, I think it's part of the, um, probably why I'm sitting in this chair is because right. it's, it's like, I, I don't ever feel fully confident and comfortable in anything that we've ever done. And then maybe it's like, a, I need to work on that personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very proud and, of And being hap- happy with it. Uh, but there's always something to do. In terms of the beers that I, uh, I, re- I really, really enjoyed Grain Shed, that beer that we, that we made last year with, with Kent Foss. I think that beer turned out very well. It did, definitely did not hit on what the intentionality was behind that beer. We used a lot of whole cone uh, sauce in that. And mm-hmm. the the kind of the full range of that that floral herby character that, that comes from the hops did not come, come through, through yeah. in the same way that I experienced with pellets uh, and things. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, um, a Kent Falls beer that was made yeah. in uh, in the, with the same technique and the same timing and oh, the same wow. ingredients, yeah. uh, but at our brew house. So um, that was an interesting thing. But yeah. um, putting all that aside, I have one can of Grain Shed left in my fridge that I'm just. 
this one, you know, I just can't bring myself to drink because then, then it's going to be over. It's I'm gonna do unless, it again. unless we yeah, brew it right, again. Right. Yeah. It's gone one day. <laughs> I'm very proud of your wild beers. Thank Some you. of those that yeah. you've been like. Really... I would agree. I love yeah. all the wild beers. Yeah, same. Especially because they are so much less predictable yeah. and take so much time to yeah. be what you want it to be. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But like bees, you love bees. Yeah. Apricot Stonington, cuvee. Yeah. Oh, like you know what? I years. actually had Apricot Stonington very recently. Oh, cool. No so way. That's something so the, that I have in my basement, yeah. The one reason I'm, I'm actually um, – pr- proud is never right. The word. I always have a tough time with the idea of being prideful about something. But um, we, I kind of stuck to the idea that we were going to develop our mixed fermentation program with uh, – in, in using only the, the microbes from the, from the farm where we were married. And oh, wow. it would have been a lot easier for for me to just buy the the Brett Lambicus <laughs> yeah. and you know the the Rosalaire mix um, from from the from the labs and been able to make it a very very well received um, reasonable approximation of those kinds of beers that um, are other otherwise well received from other breweries um, and I knew it was going to take us a long time to fully understand how to best. Uh, uh, ferment and, and brew with the, that microbe mix, and it's taken years for us to do so. But boy, some of the some of the uh, more recent um, beers like uh, Bloodroot and some of the kind of the, the paler, lighter uh, mixed fermentation beers that are very fermentation forward, and we fi- figure out the right balance for the acidity and the, uh, the fermentation character that comes from that microbe blend. Um, and then layering on, on top of that are uh, our soon-to-be-released uh, spontaneous beers are um, but way better than I could have ever possibly imagined they would be. Uh, standing in, in front of a 50-barrel cool ship in the middle of a, uh, an industrial park in Canton. Um, <laughs> that made me so I'm just like yeah. closing my eyes saying, what the fuck? doing this is a terrible idea and then five and a half years later we're, we're about to release some of them and i they are very very good well, we're excited that's for that. so yeah. awesome ryan that's a sound by right there what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um you guys don't chase the hype no i, I don't no. S- what's your opinion about hype beer no i think it's um i think doing that is a um is uh, very short-sighted i think that but um, but could you and I'm not trying to be argumentative. Sure. Could you have said that about New England style IPAs? Back in the but day? that's not what we were trying to no, do. No, I, I agree. But yeah, like, and yeah. if you look at yeah. our labels, we've never written out. No, I know. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or any of those kinds of yeah. things. It just was the kinds of beers that we really enjoyed, and we're kind of slowly developing and finding um, uh, over the those first few years. So, um, the uh, you know we never intentionally limited supply. We never um, did kind of the gimmicky things that made people freak out you know yeah. um we always try yeah. to keep hospitality and customer ser- service and customer experience in mind at all times um knowing that we for a very long time were not able to make folks happy which was this very difficult imbalance yeah running out of beer waiting in line yeah. like that yeah. sucks i hate waiting in line yeah <laughs> i really do i hate wait, it waiting <laughs> in line whether it's by design or um by demand. By demand yeah. Is, yeah. can be two different things. Like, so, yeah. Um, it's, so it's always been by demand for you. Yeah, I mean, it's never it's never felt good either. You know, yeah. we've yeah. we've never said, "Oh wow, look at that line, that's awesome." <laughs> We're so very cool. no. stressful. No, it's no. like, oh, these people are probably pretty unhappy because I would be very unhappy. Yeah. I'm excited to get this beer, but I'm standing outside in the rain. Oh right. my god, I used right. to bring. <laughs> 
like that's not kids good. in line chalk to just oh, color God. on the oh, sidewalk yeah. and keep them entertained Aww. while they're like slow yeah. moving along the way. Yeah. Um, but the like JC said, the hype is not sustainable, no. and it makes it so much more stressful for you to try and like and our team. And our team, yeah. no, nobody, I mean, yeah. I guess some people do want that but or like that. But for us, you know, again, thinking about the range of styles, that's what we want to do. And there are definitely, like, moments in time for anything and everything. And if you're fortunate enough that what you love to do and what you do really well has that moment in time, that's great. But we're looking at this as a lifetime experience. Yeah. And so we want Trillium to be sustainable and we want to keep learning and growing and trying new things. Maybe some of those things will be, you know, you think about seltzer, for example, right? Yeah, it was so like, about to go yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. so yeah. hard <laughs> seltzer, like yeah. hype right now. Um, but we started working on alternative fermentation stuff uh, long before that. And yeah. actually, we when seltzer was having its moment in time last year, and it still is for yeah. sure, we dumped ours because we were not ready to, we were going to launch it last year. And <laughs> then COVID hit and we were like, we can't launch a new product right now when we don't even know if we're going to be able to right. exist wow. through this. Yeah. So we... You guys weren't going to do barrel aged seltzers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we dumped yeah. it all so that way we would have room for beer, which we knew was going to be, you know... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which would keep what a us good going. Pivot. Yeah. So now we're releasing it. But we have other... You know, we've got our... Um, distilling license yeah, here and a winery yeah. license that's so like awesome. there's so many other things that we want to be able to do and make and on the food side for fermentation too so hopefully some of those things will be cool but <laughs> oh yeah they'll definitely be stuff that we want to consume yeah definitely that is cool um you guys have host events here right so what kind of events can be hosted here for you know our listeners who want to <laughs> come and get married here or something you know like yeah, <laughs> yeah. get married here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we have so many plans for things that we have not done, uh, done yet. Like, there's yeah. a lot that we can do with all of this space. Um, so, like, any any of your typical, like, personal events, we want you to be able to celebrate them in our spaces. So, yes, you can get married here. And we've got some weddings, weddings being planned in process right now. Um, engagement parties, bachelorette dinners, like corporate, whatever, like whatever your thing is, you can do that event here, but we have plans for bigger stuff. So like we've already announced Oktoberfest, for example. So yeah, working on plans for a two day event at all four of our locations. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be, that's big and actually just made my stomach seasick right right now. (laughs) Going around to four different locations, um, it's a model that we see in other cities, right? We see that across the country, you know, whether it's Hill in Portland we or Portland, yeah. Maine, right? You know, um, having multiple locations. Was that always something that you were like, I want to have multiple locations or was it just timing and demand? No, I mean, Canton was out of necessity. Yep. We had to get bigger. So we needed more space to brew. Yeah. And then the Greenway was next. And so the beer garden, the Rose Kennedy Greenway was kind of an opportunity that was presented to us that we were like... No-brainer. Well, no. I, I I mean, no. We yeah, can we like, operationally... We have a lot to handle. do. Oh, yeah, can we yeah. even do this? And so we had two months to put together a proposal that had oh, to be shit. accepted. So they actually sent out an RFP and they sent it to us specifically. And so we like won a bid to do that project based on our concept and our proposal and how yeah. well the operational plan was laid out. So that was it. And then... What was next? Oh, then we wait. 
I've lost track of time. But like Fenway. Fen- well, Fenway well, yeah, was yeah. actually our most yeah. recent, well, but yeah. we were working on Fort Point, the restaurant the before restaurant. that. Yeah. So the restaurant in Fort Point was intended to, again, like be a more hospitable, more welcoming space than Congress Street. So we were working on that in parallel. Yeah, it was like a knee jerk reaction against what customer experience was like at Congress Street. <laughs> right. Where you're probably not going to, you know, if you come and there's a line, you're not, you're going to be outside for a while. Right. right. Uh, getting hit with rain and snow and sleet and like, you know. It's what you expect, you know, going into it. Yeah. Yeah. So then Fenway was, I had said to our team, like, we're done with new projects. We had, like, I think somebody literally wrote it on, uh, yeah, wrote yeah. down the date, like, yeah. mark the date, no more projects. <laughs> and then we got presented with the Fenway opportunity, which, um, this is more romance, but um, <laughs> that is the building, 401 Park Drive. Um, which is the building where Time Out Market is now. Yep. That's the building JC and I met. Oh, in. Out, really? And yeah. And so if um, it wasn't for kind of some delays in opening, we would have opened on around our 10th wedding anniversary. So I was like, oh no, this is like, this is special. And this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, one more. Yeah. <laughs> cool. The industry we see kind of going in the direction of lagers, pilsners, those more sessionable beers, um, I know that you're dabbling in those. I've seen more coming out. Um, do you like those beers? Yeah, I mean, love those beers. Are those like the no, I, every brewer is like, yeah, those are our favorite. Yeah, we we like like I said earlier uh, in our, in our discussion, uh, kind of love all of those beers. Um, early days, we really wanted to make some as well, but man, the crushing demand of um, of IPAs, um, tank space. Yeah, yeah, tank space is often right. Yep, and you know if we're going to make them, we're going to make them right. right. So. Uh, we had to kind of wait until we were able to get the uh, warehouse up the street from Canton. So we kind of doubled our square footage to about 70,000 square feet um, to move out all of our wild beer that was present nice. at, oh my God. At, the, yeah, at our main location and move it up to that warehouse and then put all the infrastructure in. And, and instead of having a lagering cellar, we have a lagering mezzanine <laughs> uh, in Canton where we've got our horizontal tanks. So um, it took a number of years, but we've been ma- making our lager program has, has been in uh, in place now for four yeah. years now That's or awesome. so. Um, and we want to make sure they were given their kind of due time that they need. Yeah, and sure. uh, there there is a there is a balance where too, there is a such thing as too much lagering time as we find out um, with yeast autolysis and and making sure that you get that balance correct. So um, the good news is that uh, uh, Burke, our head of quality, uh, spent eight years in, in Germany both studying and uh, as a professor. So uh, has tons of experience uh, for for lager production in some of the best of the world. So. That's helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. So we want our listeners to come to any of your locations. So if you want to list them out, that's you're more than welcome to. Our, we can also include that. We're going to include that in the link below of our episode. But you guys are located at? Yeah. So we are located at 50 Thompson Place in Fort Point, which is in Boston. And that is our restaurant. Um, it's got a patio and a roof deck and indoor dining. And we've got a little brewery there. Um, and hmm. you can get retail to go as well. So um, that's a pretty big space. It's a great dinner or lunch out. Yeah, we do a bunch of private events there as well. Yep. Um, And then we've got the Beer Garden on the Rose Kennedy Greenway, which is open seasonally. And that is exactly as it sounds. That is just like a big, open, beautiful, outdoor beer garden right in the heart of Boston. So that's a fun experience. 
Then we've got Fenway, which is in the Fenway neighborhood of Boston, and that is a tap room and has a big open patio as well. Um, we've got kind of light snacks there, but there are a ton of amazing restaurants in the area, and you can bring food in. Um, I'm actually doing, I don't know when this is going to be released, but I'm hosting book club there tonight. Ooh, cool. um, and then we're in Canton now. So uh, 100 Royale Street in Canton has a restaurant and a beer garden. And this is kind of the central hub of all things that will be Trillium and coming out of Trillium for many, many years and to come. Plenty of parking. And so much. Yeah, so much. Yeah, plenty of parking, and we really, um, we really designed the space to allow for whatever the the day offers. So if if it's this beautiful sixty eight degree day in late March, and everybody wants to be outside, we're able to accommodate our full occupancy outside, and and vice versa. If it's like screech, you know, screaming hot, and you're just like, I need to duck into some AC, then we can do a full occupancy inside as well. So we have so many chairs here. So many chairs. (laughs) chairs. Yeah, the tap room, the restaurant, the bar space. Yeah. Uh, All locations kid-friendly? All of them. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Erica, should we ask? Yeah, I'll ask a question. So um, what would you like to learn more about? Oh, I got so many things. (laughs) Is there anything specific? Oh. That was Sound Guy Ryan's question. Yeah, I, I really like yeah. his question, yeah, yeah. so I, oh. I take it now. Learn more about, like, <laughs> in life, in business, in beer. Whatever you want. Yeah. The next one's going to really get you if you're tripped oh, up no. with this one. So I like, want to learn everything about yeah. everything. I don't feel like I know enough about anything. That's a fair answer. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the the moment you, 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 you conclude – that oh I've learned all there is to know about this one particular topic. Oh, then, how boring! Oh my God, that's you're, you're that's that's kind of insane. As soon as <laughs> as soon as I uh, learn more about something, it just raises a million other questions. Yeah. Um, and you know, all of us are standing on the shoulders of, of the folks that came before us, right? So you got you got all this incredible amount of knowledge, and now it's time to kind of take that and, and build from it. So um, I can't hope to know all the things I would love to know in my lifetime across all the different disciplines that we've kind of thrown ourselves into. So, um, again, it's one of those things I need to personally work on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that feeling of anxiety that comes when, uh, oh boy, there's all these experts that have come before us mm-hmm. and they were, they chose to, or were able to, or, or could only focus on their one discipline. And how could I ever come to hope to know even a fraction of that? And we've now we've thrown it, like I said, yeah. thrown ourselves into all these other disciplines. Yeah. So, like agriculture, farming, oh my lord, yeah, food science. Yeah. I mean, all the things. There's just so much to learn. Yeah. So it's safe to say uh, everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve, thirteen-year-old Esther and NGT. Um, JC, wouldn't did you envision this? No. 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 <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. You wanted us like a farm in, in Connecticut. No, I wanted to be yeah. a baseball player. Oh, oh you did? Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a goalie for the New York Rangers when I was eight years old. Oh, get out. Well, so I have like well, failed in Henrik life, I guess. Henrik he just retired, so there's your opportunity. <laughs> there's an opening. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. an opening right now. <laughs> that was so. my life's dream <laughs> when I was eight. Like you're pretty tenacious, so I feel like you could get it. Like, <laughs> jump off the I career path. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to play left field for the Sox. And you did? Stand in front of the monster. Yeah. Oh, my God. Our left field, we could probably use that, too. So it's well, thank you so much for doing this. I know you're this was fun. crazy busy. Good. So um, we're going to sign off. But uh, thank you again. And Cheers, make sure friends. you thank yeah, you. Yeah, make sure you go to Trillium. Uh, yeah. 
Any of their locations. Plan a trip around coming to Boston and come to Trillium. Definitely. Don't ask us to ship beer anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, just, just, just don't. No, just come here. <laughs> well, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Yeah, thank you to uh, JC and Esther from Trillium for doing this episode with us this week. Uh, it was awesome learning about what Trillium is all about. I think you've had their great beer, but knowing the story behind it makes that great beer even better. Um, we really enjoyed our time, and next week we have an amazing episode, and we're just getting off the flight in Davenport, Iowa, to talk with this guest. Stompbox, and you told me a really cool, fun fact about them. You know what? I did. Erica, actually, I'm going to ask you. Oh, no. Erica, do you know what Davenport, Iowa is famous for? The, na- the name sounds really familiar, but I guess I don't know. Sliced bread. Believe it or not, sliced bread. Wow. They invented the bread slicer. Best thing since sliced bread. Best thing since sliced <laughs> bread. Yeah, so this episode will be the best thing since sliced bread. That's amazing. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm so, excited. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.